0: Let's get stuck into the Bet365 Country Racing Hour.
1: Derry Grove down the centre, 100 metres left to run. It's hell of a body in Derry Grove. Hell of a body's just in front. Derry Grove, one last thrust. Photo finish. Terry Grove putting a really good dive here at Hell of a Body. It's a photo to the Syndicate. Starting to run on as Rothfire with Boom Talk at the 150. Better get set in front. Boom Talk's cutting it down. Boom Talk coming over the top. Boom Talk. Boom. Talk. Beats on the inside. Better get set. Third. Chinny Boom. Photo fourth. Out wider on the track. pen Tito has run so the race So it was a big double
0: time. for Maddie Dunn. He had Boom Talk that took out the Cutis Open over the 1,300 metres for Mickey D, defeating horses like Rothfire and Chinny Boom and Hatchet and Show Me Mercy. And then he brought up the double when Nashra Willow weaved a little bit of magic with Derry Grove, who flashed down the outside to win the syndicate over the 1,100 metres. He is really the king of the bush when you think about it, Matty Dunn. He dominates the highways in, in New South Wales. He's based at Mewillabar in the northern part of New South Wales, and he joins us now. Matty, congratulations. Another big day for this stable on Saturday.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. It was fantastic, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it was terrific. And to, to get your horses to fire on a day like that, it must be extra satisfying, especially for your team that does does a lot of, of travelling around um, Queensland and New South Wales.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean it's nice when a plan comes off it doesn't happen yeah. very often. But that, both those horses that was always you know, Derry Gray from the time that he ran in the in Cosy the Osco and, and with Doom Talk, you know, when he sort of we stopped him last prep, even though he's on a sort of four win four wind streak, we, we decided to pull up something and aim at Magic Ian's and um but you know, as I said, those plans often don't come up come off but uh, both horses uh, just perfectly peaked on the day, and um, it was it was great, it was really good.
0: TJ's done a wonderful job with dairy growth. He had his problems, but he's he's had a preparation that you could only dream of, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, he's he's done a good job, you know, because he was in he was in no man's land there for a while, a couple of preparations ago. He has going nowhere, and he's over racing, and doing all sorts of things wrong. He had, he's had a few little niggly problems along the way, but you no, know, he's he's really found his groove when he put those couple of highway races together and. You know, that was, obviously, very best for him on Saturday and, you knows where he ends up. he's, he's um, sort of, we're waiting to work out programs for both horses, actually, to see what they're, they're, gonna sort of put them in, put their ratings up to and they both ended up 92. So we'll work out a plan with both of them sort of moving forward over, over the autumn. Um both of them are pretty early in their prep still, so we've got a bit more to give and, um, we'll sit down with Drew and Neil this week and, and work out which way we go
0: seems like yesterday he was racing the Kosciuszko, but there's so much racing on for these horses. It's sort of like you, you do need to... You can give them a small freshen up, but you can't give them too long off.
2: No, exactly. We only had two weeks off after the Kosciuszko and then sort of came back. But, um, you know, it's, it's its a balancing act, isn't it? Because, like you say, the, the carnival is almost... It's almost just one ro- revolving mm-hmm. door these days with, with feature races and pop-up races that come up. So you know, they don't get, they don't get much time off, but I think tough horses like Dairy Grove they, they, they don't need much time off, you know, as long as they keep them happy, they, they keep racing well.
0: What's the limit for Boom Talk, the son of spirit of Boom? Like that was only his, his night start there on Saturday for five wins and he's defeated some nice horses over the time, but um, that was a big effort to defeat the class of thoroughbred that he did the other day. Is there a race in mind for him that you, you think that maybe he can continue to improve and progress?
2: Oh look, it's it's a fair way away from where he is now, but you know, you know who knows in the winter maybe Stradbroke yeah. you'd think distance wise it'd be perfect for him and, um he'll be at home. So that that was something that was sort of discussed pretty soon after his race and if he, he needs to go to another level than what he sort of did on Saturday, but he's one of those horses, isn't he, that every time you step him up he finds a little bit more and wins. You know, he's yeah I know that has been discussed Roth rough fire was 14, the we were behind him, so you know, we did all the work as well and then sort of circled him but it was, it was a hell of a win and you know, I think he's such a competitive horse that when you look up in it and you've still got five lengths to rip off the leader uh, on straightening and, and you've, you've travelled wide and had to circle the field you know, it's it a bit daunting I'm sure for jockeys but you hmm. so knuckled down well late didn't and you know, in the end he was quite convincing.
0: Tell us about your base at Matty.
2: Uh oh Look we've had it now for what 15 years It's sort of grows every time I turn around, but we've sort of, we've got 81 stables there, uh, we've got all the facilities we need, I have no pool, treadmills, beats 15 minutes away, the track's perfect, you know, and that and I think that's the difference, you know, the club's worked really hard on improving training surfaces and training facilities since the time that I'd sort of left in and done to Sydney and come back, um, and I think that's the key, you know, look at, I mean, look at the horses that are coming out of there, even Dave McCollum's horse that didn't have much luck on Saturday, far too easy. Yeah. All the all the better horses absolutely in the northern rivers and probably some of the better horses in country racing are trained there it's not a fluke, you know, it's it's all about the facility and, and um and the and the club are doing a great job there that they've they've really improved things outside. of side. We've got a facility now that's equal to anything. I've, i mean, i obviously trained in Sydney in a few different places and I I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather train at the moment than at home. It's Was really it
0: yeah, Ringer. was it an easy decision to come back and come back to Marilla Bar and leave? Sydney? No, it wasn't.
2: But it, it was a practical decision, you know. Yeah. It was, um, Sydney wasn't going well enough, and um, it wasn't making any money. That was the problem, uh, and I, and I couldn't get numbers to make it sustainable. So, you know, a decision needed to be made, and I made mm-hmm. it. And, and you know, I'm looking back now, was the right one. Uh, you know, cause we've probably had the best best six months that we've ever had since I established the stable the last six months it prize money strike rates winners everything uh so no it was the right one uh, no it was a tough one for sure you know it's, we gave it two years and 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 it didn't work well enough so i mean you've, you've got to you've got to face facts sometimes and,
0: and make make tough tough calls and, and that was it so um glad i did so w- what's the difference now then matty so you you took the the plunge and you headed to sydney but now you've like you're one of the hottest trainers in the country and you've been able to turn it around in a quick, a short amount of time. So what did you learn from that experience in Sydney?
2: It's funny because I had this discussion with um with one of my clients for the races on Saturday. But, you know, and it's probably you learn things and pick things up along the way that you don't even realise. You know, I think that that's the key. You know, you, you just, when you're training on better city tracks and you pick up techniques and, um, you know, just exposing yourself to... A bit like jockeys running against better jockeys, you know, you, yeah. you sort of improve what you do, and I think that's the key. I mean, my training techniques are always changing, I don't sort of try to stick to any one pattern, I try to mix it up as much as I can, and I think that's the beauty of where we are that we have the ability to do that. And, you know, I don't know to be honest, I don't know why, why everything's clicking at the moment. Um, I can't see it, but 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 as I said, sometimes. You can't see it, and that's that's the reason is that you've picked up things along the way and and you don't even realise you've changed things for the better and and things are sort of all clicking into place.
0: Do you think it's a situation when you change the environment as well to make yourself more comfortable in a way you don't have that financial pressure maybe that you had in Sydney and you can go back to Mawillaba and you can wake up and you can go, okay, then this is is the situation I've got. and I can try and make the best out of this situation as, as possible. And you don't... Like, you take the pressure away from yourself a little bit.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, even the travel and the sort of switching back and forth between stables. And, you know, I had the situation where lots of my horses probably weren't good enough to be racing in Sydney, and, yeah. and then I, I wasn't spending enough time at Wollombar where I had both stables going. And, you know, we, we lost clients and numbers dropped and that sort of thing, probably partly because of both of those reasons. Um, you know, and it was... It was an obvious decision. Now, um, I mean, in hindsight, people probably ask me, "Do I wish I hadn't done the Sydney thing?" Um, any new clients who come to the stable have actually asked the question, "Why the hell did you leave here in the <laughs> first place?" But I'm, I'm glad I did. And, and as I said, I don't know how much knowledge I've picked up along the way, but certainly I think I have. And it's something that I wanted to try for a long time, and I've done that now, um, and, and decided to sort of stick to, to what we're doing. And um, you know, it, it was um, it was a an interesting part of my life um but but i think uh hopefully hopefully the next few years will be even more interesting
0: no i think it's an inspiring story maddie to see what you've been able to do and now that to have the success that you've been able to have since you arrived back and i think one of the the other parts of your your trading success that fascinates me is the the way that you just travel horses to sydney and they just turn up and win Mm -hmm. the highway you seem to have nailed that particular process because i would imagine it wouldn't be like how what how far is that flight trip from Bar to Sydney? Uh, it's about ten hours. It's between ten and eleven hours. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and that's,
2: that's the gig. Yeah, you know, look, like I know we win lots of highway races, and people sort of, you know, they are, you know, they, you know, they, they do, they're very good at it. But it, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, yeah. But it, it's 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 a pretty basic process, to be honest. They like Wednesday evening arrive early Thursday morning. Um, my staff are there to just sort of get them off the truck. and then turn up in winter i mean most horses cope pretty well with travel
0: especially yeah when they're
2: traveling overnight you know there's, there's a few that don't and the ones that don't, don't we don't run sort of thing you know we will maybe bring them home or try something different they travel horribly and get there and um won't drink or eat or something like that we, we don't just run them around for fun um but it's yeah it's, i mean we, we've sort of worked out the best way to do it a hell of a long time ago and it's we just stick to that pro- process and it works very well for us
0: who would you say your best horse is
2: um, my best horse, uh, well, my best horse is obviously Seatius.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, he's, he's done an incredible job coming back from injury. Um, coming back from injury and, and he to last so he's getting in the highest level constantly. Um, so he's, yeah, he's,
0: he's, he's the big one at the moment. He did a mighty job with big weights. He just turned up every start and tried his heart out. And you think, well, this horse can't do what he's going to do again. And he just keeps on doing it.
2: Yeah, no He's done an incredible job,
0: yeah. hasn't he? Um, Maddie, congratulations, mate. It was fascinating having a chat to you today. Yeah, you've you've been able to do an amazing job, especially since you've arrived back. And I think you've proved to a lot of people is that to be one of the best trainers in the country with the best strike rates and to make a proper living, you don't need to be in the city. You can actually use the facilities around you and base yourself and target a different horse. And, and then obviously, once momentum grows... Um, I guess you're hard to stop I would imagine the phone's ringing a lot these days
2: uh, it makes it very easy to sell shares and yearlings when you win a couple of yes.
0: <laughs> alright mate did you buy many uh, yeah we
2: did we picked up about nine I think and um, you know, uh, you know we we sort of go looking for value more so than paying huge money for top lots and, and you know we sort of that same approach this year and I think we picked up some really nice horses so Hopefully, um, next, next year we'll have. We only had two runners on Saturday, so hopefully, next year we'll have a few more.
0: Yeah, so Maddie Dunn Racing, is it just your website if we want to get into a, a horse with you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the horse is available site so like there. You, they're, they're all there, the, the shares are left, so we wants want to become involved. Beautiful. Jump on the website, and, um, pick the one you like. They're all nice.
0: Beautiful, mate. you got a couple of races or horses competing it, um, this week. Is Belvedere Boys, does he look tough to beat in that second race at Doomben tomorrow?
2: Yeah, he probably does. He's he's drawn a bit tricky, but he goes back anyway. This looks the um you know, Jimmy Orman's on him. Uh, he had a good support. he had a couple of trials, so I know
0: he runs very well. All right, Matty, well done. Congratulations. Thanks for your time here on Giddy Up.
2: Okay, thank
0: you. The Chris Anderson, who is one of the great characters of Queensland raising this son of brutal was too strong. Chris joined us on the line. Congratulations, Chris. That was a, a big effort from your young horse.
3: Yeah, no. Terrific effort. Not sure about the word character with me referencing, but um, uh, yeah, he was well, terrific. He, he, he certainly did everything we, we could have ever hoped for and um, yeah, look forward to the future.
0: Well, that's my mail, Chris. They don't disappoint. Um, you got we at Bloodstock and Whitney Bloodstock in the in this ownership, so a couple of the biggest hitters in Australian racing have joined the team.
3: Yeah, I don't think it was any surprise that the horse I think, got out to $10 through the week and back in the sixes on race day, so I'd suggest someone's had something somewhere but um, uh, hopefully part of the team Um, but look yeah um, great to have those guys on I've said it before it's um, so vitally important for blokes like me you know have a really or for any trainer really to to have a great ownership group and um, to have those guys involved Uh, yeah just a terrific asset and we haven't had them in the stable for very long and I'm very pleased to say uh, we, we've had some really good results for them thus far, so hopefully that can continue.
0: Were you expecting that result there on Saturday?
3: Oh, look, I don't think you ever go to the races expecting uh, yeah. to win. We certainly go there knowing that we we had crossed every T and dotted every iron possible. Like We took the horse to the coast to trial to obviously win that trial to, to get eligibility into the race, and we took the horse to the Gold Coast to trial to give him a good look at the track, so... We had this plan a long way out, um, and it's just you know I suppose winning's great, but you know having a long-term plan, as any trainer will tell you, and and sort of pulling it off and see it happen is just very very satisfying. So um, when we drew the widest gate, obviously we had concerns. Uh, when we ended up sitting outside the leader, our confidence really really grew. So as the saying goes, you often win races that first furlong, not the last, and I think that certainly proved to be the case there on Saturday.
0: He's a son of Brutal. Do you have many Brutals in your backyard?
3: No, but certainly looking for a few more. So um, hopefully we can find them. And yeah, look, he's um, obviously been sort of progressively uh, building the ranks of a um, a two-year-old season. As far as profile is concerned, and too early to make an assessment on on, you know these first season size, but he couldn't be doing a better job for me. And um, yeah, I'd love to have another couple in the barn. That's for sure.
0: So how many horses are you working at the moment?
3: Uh, I work 40 uh, on a daily basis. We've got probably uh, close to an equal number uh, in in the paddock as well. So I'm on course at Eagle Farm. We've got terrific facilities. Obviously, um, it's our premier track up here. And um, hopefully, this stable can continue to grow in years to come. And uh, obviously, um, um, you know, we've been making some really nice acquisitions over the past sort of seven days down at the Magic Millions. We've made some nice purchases and, Hopefully we can get them filled and head to Caracca and then head to the English Classic Sale and keep going more.
0: So you, you you spent some time in a partnership and time with Robbie Heathcote. Have have you exceeded your expectations since you've been by yourself? Oh,
3: look, I was by myself before I was with Rob for some time. Yeah. Uh, partnerships are, you know, are difficult. And look, to be honest, Rob and I are great mates. Um, sometimes you think that going into a partnership can, can lessen the load. It actually... Increase the load you know we were working well over 100 horses every day and it was difficult in the fact that we couldn't join stables to be side by side so we were whilst both on course at Eagle Farm we we're sort of at opposite ends of the, the race course so logistically it made it tricky but um, yeah things are you know going great for Rob things are going great for me so couldn't be any more pleased for you know where we are.
0: And and being a trainer and, you, and doing what you've been able to do and now you've got trainers or big owners like we at Bloodstock and, and Max Whitney who have joined your stable. Um, do you enjoy that side where you, like we all know that you can train in thoroughbred, but it's the, the other side where you need to be a PR man and you need to go and sell yourself in a way?
3: Yeah, I guess I'll be very fortunate that that's my background. You know, I've got a really strong commercial background and, you know, that's probably my greatest asset to an extent is that I understand people and how that commercial side of it works. And it's just, you know, um, not all about training resources as we know. It's about, you know the whole 360-degree spectrum um, of everything in between. And, yeah, that puts me, I, I guess, in a position um, that 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 is good. Um, you know, communication these days with horses is vitally important and got so many great platforms now to bring all the information to owners very, very quickly. So, um, but, yeah, having those guys in the team, it's great. Um, is there any more pressure? I don't think so. All you can do is your best. Um, there's no more you can do other than that. If, 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 you,
0: if you're doing that
3: and uh, you're buying the right horses through the, um, you know, the right bloodstock agents that I use, and you know, I'm sure we'll get the right results moving forward.
0: So what do you do with Lead Me On now?
3: You know, just give him this week in the stable to assess him There's an option for him It sort of tells us on the back of his work late this week that he's probably looking for a break. We'll tip him out. We might aim for for something throughout our winter carnival.
0: Yeah, JJ Atkins or something like that might come to mind.
3: Yeah, without a doubt, but I'm just not sure he'll stretch to that sort of far trip-wise, but yeah, even a a couple of the shorter sprint races would certainly suit him uh, throughout the carnival, that's for sure.
0: How do we get involved with your stable, mate? How many did you purchase at the the, the Magic Millions?
3: Uh, We've got about 10 so far. Uh, Just jump on the website, andersonracing.com.au. I'd love to have some more ownership um when well, new, you new ownership uh in, involved in our stable uh, we're an expanded growing stable and um i think we do a really good job we've got a great team of staff and great uh, array of owners so um yeah hopefully we can continue to build on the back of that
0: job well done on the weekend we appreciate your time chris
3: thanks so
0: much for having me on it was a dream sale and bart mccallick joins us now um from greenfield stud bart congratulations as it sunk in what you've been able oh. to achieve yet
1: yeah, look, it has, but still, um, you know, very fortunate and, uh, yeah, very, very fortunate to achieve those results and um, certainly uh, we'll be trying to replicate it, but it won't be an easy feat to replicate.
0: Is it a little bit of luck or how how much of the planning goes into doing what you're, be- like you're able to achieve there on, on last week there on the Gold Coast?
1: Yeah, cer- certainly there is a lot of planning and thought goes into it, um, but certainly you need a lot of luck along the way as well. I mean... Um, First of all, you've got to choose the right stallion, and physically, and also one that, in you know, two and a half years' time, is going to be uh, attractive in the sale So that that's not easy doing that. Um, it's quite a fashionable industry where where one minute stallions are really uh, popular, and and you know they have a quiet period on the track, and and then six months later they're not popular. So it, it's really difficult from that point of view. And and as I said, we certainly put a lot of time into making sure that our mares will suit the stallions we're sending them to physically. Um, but you can do all that work and still get, uh, get horses that, um, uh, confirmationally poor and and that sort of thing. So there's certainly a bit of luck goes into it as well.
0: I think the success when you have a look at it, it's been your, your ability to go to a broodmare sale and deliver the goods. The story with Golloway girl is something else. Can you just explain that story to our listeners?
1: Yeah, look, um, she was on an English digital online auction and, uh, um, that was the one mare that, that my dad Graham really wanted to purchase in that catalogue. So um we, we highlighted her and she's actually in the brood section. Uh not the race filly section, but we did a dad did a lot of research and watched all the race replays. She was um placed in Sydney and felt she could come down here and still had a, quite a bit of racing left in her and um and uh we actually unbid on it on the online auction. Uh we bid twenty two and a half thousand and she made twenty five thousand. That night Dad went away and um and was kicking himself, uh, watched a couple more of a race replay. So we rang the gentleman up the border and offered him 30 grand, and he said, uh, that was Dennis Hanley, and he said, look, I actually did overspend my budget and bought a couple of other ones on this auction, and I'll come back to you. And uh came back the next day and said, yeah, we're happy to take that. So fortunately, we got a home, uh, and Dad put her into work, and uh, he only had about nine starts with her and won five races and, and well over $100,000 with her down here in Tassie. Uh, so that enhanced the pedigree, obviously, a little bit, although, albeit, although it was only... Uh, Tasmanian form. She did run second in the Devonport Cup to a horse called Newhart, which was uh, mm. horse of the year. Um, so certainly she franked but she she had you know well above average ability. Um, and that money she won on the track enabled us to send her to exceed and excel. So that was certainly the most we'd ever spent, uh, and is the most we've ever spent on a service for exceed and excel. He was standing for one hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars that year. And um, that is that was a lot of money for us to spend on a service fee, but we just felt she was just an absolutely lovely mare. Um, and, and obviously, it's always a risk first foal. You might get a bit of a first foal, but we just felt she, this mare was just a, a beautiful type of mare, a big, strong mare, and, and that she would lead good foals. Uh, we, we thought, who's the best stallion to give her a really great opportunity to start a proven stallion? Uh, and that, that was exceeding excel. So not only did we want to get a good result in the sale obviously, but we wanted to give the mayor every opportunity um, by sending her to a really proven, successful stadium early in her career.
0: Yeah, and she was a a mayor by I'm Invincible, which helped to cause a little bit as well. So um, she goes for 600-odd thousand to Peter Moody and Kath Coleman. Were you expecting that? Because when you arrived on, we were at the Magic Million sales there last week, she was the talk of the complex there for a little while.
1: Yeah, look, um, we've always said from very very early that she was an out she's an outstanding filly she was really faultless she was um so strong correct great attitude um but still you know we've only got 30 or 40 foals a year and, and that's all we're comparing it to so you're, you're sort of always doubting yourself a little bit um and we probably got up there thinking she might have made three hundred thousand maybe maybe 400 if we were lucky um but we sort of probably knew from an hour into our first lot of inspections when you know you had five people beat through and all five people just loved her um i think on probably the first day we would have had 35 inspections and and you know not really knowing but just having a guess i reckon 32 of those 35 people loved her uh and we knew at that point that she was going to be still very well um but still you just don't know how well
0: yeah and she she went for 650,000 i think so she heads to a really good stable as well and then couple of days later you had um the half to think about it go through the ring for nine hundred thousand dollars by that boom and wooden bassett who's hit the ground running to kick off his stud career um nine hundred thousand's a lot of money but you you lost the mare that think about its mum. i think last year when she had a burst diaphragm so um the highs and lows of this game are unbelievable really
1: yeah absolutely um Look, I mean, Wooten Bassett, again, was a stadium we thought represented good value. standing at 65,000 here in Australia and, and doing amazing things in the Northern Hemisphere. So, again, that was the, the reason to choose that stadium because whilst he was still at a, a somewhat modest fee down here in Australia, um, he was doing, you know, fantastic things with his Northern Hemisphere progeny. So we thought that, again, would give Tierra a really good opportunity at stud. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, the, the highs and lows of racing. Um think about it was sort of starting to really hit his straps. He'd won. Um, I think he'd only been defeated once and, and won a group three. And, and unfortunately, we got the call from the stud where, uh, to, yeah, think about his dam was, and, and said that she's distressed in the paddock and that, um, yeah, they're going to get a vet out to her. And obviously, that was very concerning. And, and then, you know, as it eventuated, she, she had a tear in a diaphragm and, and it was irreparable. So, unfortunately, she didn't make it, which at the time was was very devastating. Um, and then, you know, only a couple of months later, um, the thing about it, you know, went on to win the two Group Ones in Brisbane and, and then obviously later the Everest. So they are very bittersweet, those wins. Obviously, we had the half-brother coming through um, to sell that we're very excited about. But also, you know, to have had a mare of that quality still with us, she was only 12 years old, um, you know, that would have been mm. been something, something else. You know, certainly can't afford to buy a mare like that.
0: So you've been able to have the success that you've, um generated there from the magic million so what's next um there's a lot of pressure you've got to keep on delivering the goods but it's been it seems like now that since you've joined your father especially but um, and your father's a legend of the game but you've been able to get the, the 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 process right and the structure right um you must be really looking forward to the future
1: yeah absolutely look it doesn't happen overnight as I said we can't afford to go out and spend um, seven figures on on mares that you know have, have outstanding racetrack performances or or outstanding producers. We just we just can't afford to c- compete with those big studs. But I guess we've got to try and find value, and uh, and we have done that quite successfully over the last few years. I mean, you don't expect to go out and buy a mare like Pierre who comes out and produces a think about it. That's just um, you know we're very lucky that that did happen. Um, but I think if you're buying the right mares. Um, the the young mares that are, that are good types and, and good families um you know you're going to have luck and I guess Goway girls a perfect example of that she's a, a lovely mare by Invincible out of a group 3 winner uh just shows you don't have to spend a fortune to get nice mares and um you've just got to be patient the the broodmare market's very strong at the moment um but you know there are opportunities there
0: so, what would your advice be to someone like Jackson France, who's my young producer that started um, breeding? Now he's got a Blue Point foal on the ground, and he's he's dreaming big, and he, he's enjoying it. But as you point out, it's not easy, especially for the younger people to mix it with the likes of Tom Magnier and Henry Field. But what would your advice be to a young person? Because we need the younger generation to come through the the ranks to have an interest, especially in the breeding game. What would your What would your advice be to them, Bart?
1: Look, I think you've just got to surround your people with with significant experience. I mean, I'm very lucky. I've got um, my dad there that's got, you know, uh, 50 years in the game. He's a very good judge of a nice horse. Um, and and certainly, you know, being able to use him as a sounding board is very valuable for me. But, yeah, I mean, there's so many people that do come into this game and, and uh, try and uh, get involved and, and don't last. And I think the biggest thing is, yeah, just not surrounding them with people with significant experience.
0: Well, well done, Bart. Congratulations, mate. It's a job well done. A terrific story, and um, yeah, um, are you selling many in Tassie?
1: Yeah, look, we've got a draft of twenty-eight heading to the Tassie sale, um, which is down here at Magic Millions on the twenty-sixth of February. And speaking to a lot of a lot of faces up on the Gold Coast, I was very encouraged by by how many are coming down. So really looking forward to that. And um, and then we're taking six across to the Adelaide Magic Millions in March as well. So. Um, still quite a few to to work through and sell, and, and we're really looking forward to what we we do have. Our resident sire Zululand um, had a winner in uh, Flemington on Saturday, and we also had uh, a half. We've got his half sister to sell here in Tassie, and Sharipper that won the Standish handicap on Saturday. We bred and sold him in Adelaide, and we've got his half sister to sell in Adelaide this year. So certainly okay. still got some nice ones to sell.
0: He's a beauty, Sharipper as well.
1: Yeah, look, he was one again. He was one of the. He's out of a mare called Wonder I Do, which is one of the first mares we sort of, one of the first mares we bought when we really sort of started to up the quality. Um, And uh, unfortunately we didn't get a huge result with him in the sale, he was a lovely horse, but wasn't confirmationally 100%. Um, He made $70,000 there over in Adelaide. Um, But certainly, uh, you know, he set that mare up again, the the damn wonder I do, is a young mare. And, um, you know, she's going to now, if he can go on with it, he's obviously won a Group 3 in a listed race his last couple of starts. But, yep. you know, we're hoping he might be able to win a Group 1 in the autumn. And then, um, you know, that really sets that mare up for the rest of her career as well.
0: All right, then. Well, job well done, Bart. Um, he might be heading towards an Oakley Plate, Sharipper. So that would be another um, terrific result for for Greenfield stud. Um, it's, it's a terrific story, an inspiring story. And, um, yeah, well done. And Tassie Racing's lucky to have you as well. I think... To, to see the results that you were able to produce on the Gold Coast is a massive lift, I think, for everybody involved in, in racing in Tassie as well. So, well done, Bart. Thanks for your time, mate. All right.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Matty
0: Craven's been able to deliver so many great moments in the short amount of time since he's been a horse trainer. Um, but that was some result there on Sunday. The job that he's been able to do with Little Pacer by the name of Fides has been remarkable. That was his fourth start in four years, and he's made it back to back victories this preparation. He won at Bendigo last week on Bendigo Cup night, defeating a pretty handy field. And then he defeated a, a, a pretty handy field once again, and this time in the Hamilton Pacing Cup. And Maddie Craven joins us now. Maddie, congratulations. Um, he's an eight year old, but this must have been extra satisfying to see what you're able to do with fighters who, who won again there on, on, on Sunday afternoon.
2: Good morning, guys. Uh,
4: thank you very man. much. It was a great result for all involved. That's for sure. A big thrill, especially for uh, a lot of his owners who are on track and the Lewis Sports especially who uh, are Hamilton locals. And for them to to win their hometown cup was um, terrific. That's for sure.
0: So when you have a look at his last four starts, the 14th of January, last Sunday in Hamilton, the 6th of January, which was at the start of the year, of course, at Bendigo, but before that, his last run was on the 3rd of December of 2022. And then he had a run on the 18th of November, 2022. And he only had two runs that prep. And before that, his last run was back on the 7th of April, 2020. So what's been his issues, Matty?
4: Yeah, Garth, says nothing ever major, but just, just little, uh, I guess, injuries that he's had along the way. And he's had them sort of right through his career. He's such a, I guess, only a little horse, but he's very powerfully built and, and a really high-speed horse, and he's just had those injuries where he's, especially torn muscles, has been a big, big thing that he's done along along the way, and he's had a couple of pretty significant ones of those. And um, yeah, when he came back, uh, I guess two years ago it was was from one of those, and then a couple of runs, and then he had a, a little fracture in a back back box. So yeah, it's just nothing major, but just little concerns along the way where we've really had to look after him. Credit to his owners who have been patient and willing to, to give him the time and, and to continue to bring him back.
0: Yeah, was it difficult to bring him back? Was there a time where you thought maybe it's just getting too hard now?
4: Um, I guess. I mean, it's just it's just whether the owners are prepared to do it. It's, it's um, especially when they continue to to have problems along the way. You know, it's whether it's financially viable. But you always knew he had the ability, and you know, I never lost faith in him, and. Um, yeah, I'm lucky that that they're so patient and willing to do what they've done, and um, yeah, he's, he's given some reward this time, that's for sure.
0: So how sound is he now? When you when you took him back home, how's he pulled up?
4: Well, just day to day. And, um, you walk in every day, hoping that he's he walks out of his particle box sound, and he, he pulled up from from Sunday really well. And he had a massage yesterday, and we had and said that he didn't even feel like he'd had a run. So that was, you know, very pleasing. And you just hope, you know, going forward that we can we can keep him on the straight and narrow and sound. Um, I guess it's, Matt, we manage him a little bit different, especially as an older horse where, you know, he's taken a long time to get him back up this prep. But I guess I've treated him there. You know, we've been very cautious about how we've worked him and taken just that little bit longer to get into the races.
0: So he's an eight year old now. Um, what do you do with him now? What do you do do you just keep on trying to get as many many runs out of him as possible, this preparation?
4: Well, I'll just, I I just guess poke along and treat each each run as it is, but um yeah, he's in that he's worked his way into that grade now where he's free for all and there's nowhere to hide go. So um it's not gonna be easy for him, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, you just you just hope that you can Get a nice prep into him, but, um, yeah, we'll just just keep picking out races as they come to hand, I guess, but we won't plan too far ahead. And um, at this stage, we'll probably have to head to the Casey Classic um, in a couple of weeks uh, and then go from there, maybe the Cranbourne Cup after that.
0: Yeah, if he wins the Casey Classic, you know what that means, Maddie. Oh, that
4: might be getting a little bit
0: ambitious, guys. Well, we're in the Hunter Cup, Hunter brother. Cup. Yeah, we'll draw barrier one, set of leaders, but... I don't think, I oh, got Leap to Fame, I guess, who's a, he's a star, but that might test him out a little bit. But he follows speed. It's out like if he did no work three back the fence with that turn of do you still think he would have that turn of foot if they were running time?
4: Probably, you know, at that level, you'd think that would test him out. Yeah. It would be competitive, but, you know, you look at Leap to Fame, he looks, he makes, you know, even the best horses look a bit ordinary, so... I think I think that'd be a real test, but um you know, that'd be a great story for him if he made a hundred cup, but I, I would think that it would be getting a little bit too ambitious, but you never know.
0: You never know, you've got a dream, Maddie. And geez, you've had a big year, mate. You, yourself and your partner, Amy Day had their your first child, so how's fatherhood treating you? And Amy seems to be like she's the boss of the stable. Looks like she's taking over. She's picking up some nice drives for the camp and you might be taking a back seat there, Maddie. Well,
4: I won't He's such a great operator Gareth and it's been a, an amazing journey and a lot of fun uh, little Oliver's, you know coming to our lives and we're you know we're very blessed and he's such a, a i guess a great little character to have around and it's been i guess a big learning curve for both of us when we're both you know at the stables every day and he comes along and we're very lucky to have some great support around us especially with mum and dad and um you know mum takes him a lot and, and, and this gives us the opportunity to do the horses uh, together. Um, but, yeah, it's been a, a really good journey, Gareth, and we're slowly getting the team back to the races. We're a few more racing, and hopefully um, you know, 2024 will be onwards and upwards with with a few more at the races, and hopefully we can find another nice one in the team.
0: So how many are you working, Maddie? And then Amy's got a few in her own name as well, so... And obviously she's from a famous racing family in New South Wales. So it looks like a few of her clients have arrived at your base as well.
4: Yeah. Well, boys generally have around 30 Gareth, and a lot of young, young horses uh, and, and, and tried ones in the team as well that are sort of working their way through the system. And Amy's probably got, I think six to eight. Um, and she's yeah very lucky that some of the loyal clients have followed her down. And, um, give her some support, which is very pleasing, and she's had some good results so far. And um, Yeah, I think, you know, she's a very good trainer in her own right, and, you know, she's very established before she come down. And her father, Neil, you know, uh, he doesn't really need any, any introduction in harness racing, and he's been a great support to both of us. And, uh, you know, he, he, we talk, you know, most days, and, uh, yeah, it's, she brings a lot of knowledge to the stable, that's for sure. And, I'm learning things, you know, most days that, you know, they do. And, um, you know, they're such great horsemen. It's, it's definitely been a, a bonus to have coming um, to come into the stable, that's for
0: sure. So what's your best horse at the moment outside of Fides? Is there a young, like, geez, I was impressed by Nothing I Want, who's a young three-year-old Philly Trotter, who was second, should have beat you the other day with Elder Baron Simba. So it looks like you got some nice trotters coming through the ranks. Yeah, well,
4: the trotters are a little bit light to the last, Twelve months, but um, she's definitely one to to look forward to through this three-year-old year. Um, she she's um, a little bit special around the place. She's not easy, but uh, her and Amy get on extremely well, and uh, I think you know that could be a combination to look forward to over over the course of the year. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if we can if we can get better isolating. Um, I guess just happy and sound. He's just, just had a, a couple of little dingles as well, but if we can get him back sound, it'd be nice having him back to the races as well. And hopefully, uh, you know, there might be a two-year-old or something and pop up along the way. It'd be a uh, be nice Gareth.
0: Well, job well done, Matty. It was a terrific training performance there with fighters. It was great to see him win a Hamilton Cup and what that meant to so many people who have been so patient with this little star and um, let's hope he stays sound and, he can win some nice races going forward once again. But yeah, well done to yourself and Amy. Keep on dominating, mate. And we appreciate your time here on Giddy Up.
4: Thank you, go. It's always good to chat.